those uh, TikTok things that are like anti-vaxxers using the like Mockingjay sign from um, what's that shit? The Hunger Games. Hunger Games to like call out to each other across the internet. What? I just no. they it reminded me when I put like because we put like three, two, one fingers up to say we're gonna record. So yeah, there's like all these TikTok videos of anti-vaxxers like holding whatever the sign up is from the movie and going do 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 do. That makes <laughs> really me funny. so sad. It's so wild. Yeah, <laughs> but like, how do you watch those movies and and? I don't like I'm so confused it's like a very anti capitalist movie well that's the way like conservatives are because in so many ways they're like this close to leftism like they don't trust the government on like technically on paper they don't trust the government and (laughs) like they want like allegedly rights for the working class and like but you know, blue collar workers, <laughs> and then, but like, I don't know, the gaslighting of the like conservative right to make working class white people believe that brown people are the problem and not uh, well porters in the ruling class is it's just like so thorough and so successful. I just, I was also watching a TikTok about like, uh, the like the, the new wave of like taking away abortion rights and that it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not about religion. It's not about taking care of babies. It never has been. It's a capitalist structure. This is like, we are seeing the ramifications of giving people adequate abortions and like pregnancy care and pre and like, and the, the availability of fucking pregnant or what do you call them? Birth control. And uh, births control. Births control. And then, so there's not going to be anybody to work those jobs. I heard that on uh, Criminal with Phoebe Judge, obviously, friend of the show that doesn't know we exist. Uh, But basically, like, abortion, anti-abortion activism was invented, like, in the 80s and 90s by Newt Gingrich. Like, the conservative right never really existed before they, like, sensed a void and needed a hot-button issue. So they essentially just, like, invented this (laughs) to build the conservative religious right and... It fucking worked. But yeah, in the criminal episode, Phoebe Judge is talking about how in the 60s, like religious leaders in the Christian church would help women get access to abortions. And y'all got manipulated by Newt Gingrich. How does that feel? How does that do you, feel? Do you feel good? <laughs> God, it's so sad. I just like, I don't This is get a really. It. Serious it's a dark. start. <laughs> I know. To like, we are talking about the silliest movie today. <laughs> it is truly the silliest movie, and one of my favorites ever. I love this movie. So, as you know, if you've made it this far, this is the Spooky Succubus cast, an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, leftist, intersectional pro-abortion podcast about horror movies and we did something pretty intense last week so rebecca was like idle hands and i was like <laughs> question idle mark hands. so i think it was actually time in our relationship to talk about this because final destination devon sawa not hot but rebecca had this crazy crush on him and i was like <laughs> I, I do not understand the origin but i get it now 
I kind of get it. It's the crazy hand, right? It's the it's like the crazy hand that and like the very first outfit he wears in the movie when he's going over to Penub is Penub a th- name? Do we need Did to talk about that? You, I'll I'll reveal the orange origins of that name. Is yeah. that on the DVD extras? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actually. Um, yeah, when he's wearing the boxers, like gray t-shirt maybe a bathrobe and just like pink house it's a shoes. blue like, windbreaker and yeah, the oh, pink, yeah yeah i was like oh yeah yeah no i kind of see it <laughs> uh and this movie came out the year before final destination uh it's kind of crazy that uh he got the role in final destination after this movie but um he really gave it i feel like everybody that interacted with this movie tried to like essentially pretend they'd never seen it and like eradicate it from their (laughs) memories (laughs) Uh, it doesn't have a huge online footprint at all (laughs) it really doesn't but that's like he really left it all on the court Devin Sawa gave 110% for this role like he I feel like he had a great time but they did is action-packed jam-packed with late 90s cameos too like the offspring is in there tom, tom delong is in there yeah, oh my god i i thought it was really funny i was lolling my way through it this morning uh it's it's a good time but it- and fred fred willard who i think is hilarious but i think he got arrested for the poor guy got arrested for jacking off in like a porno theater and i was like <gasps> Oh no! Uh, no, Fred Willard. Like He's so recently? funny. Like or like within ago. the last? Yeah. Oh my! Why? I think he died. Didn't Fred Willard die? Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know. Why can't, actually, why can't we bo- be bothered to look up like anything before we? Get I on? mean, I didn't know that I had to look up whether or not Fred Willard was dead. I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah, but I didn't know died. about the the jerking off in a movie theater incident either. So what do he I really know? He died in a... Yeah, he died in 2020. On July 18th, 2012, Willard was arrested on suspicion of engaging in a misdemeanor lewd act in an adult theater on Santa Monica Boulevard. But no proof of any misconduct and no charges were filed. Uh-oh, I, I guess, like, my question is, I guess you shouldn't do that in public, but if you're doing it in a porno theater, like an adult theater. Are we that, that bothered? Like, I don't know. I'm are we not. that, but like, isn't that sort of an expectation that could occur? Didn't uh, Pee Wee Herman, Herman had a similar yeah, issue, a, I right, think. in the 90s. <laughs> and we still love Pee Wee Herman. I mean, they're not jerking off and like you know in front of like unsuspecting victims. It's like yeah, you're I mean, alone you in a like, theater, yeah. And it's like a porn theater, so yeah. I mean, not Let's like a regular theater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I jacked someone else off in a regular theater. That's just part of growing up, you know. Abigail, wow. <laughs> um. uh, which is so funny because hooking up in movie theaters is wild because. The seats are uncomfortable. It's so unhygienic. It's so sticky. So like, sticky. Why is that a precedent that we've set? And it costs a lot of money nowadays to go to a movie. I'm gonna fucking jerk you off instead of paying attention to the like eleven dollar film 
that I'm supposed to be watching. The cinema. Uh, There are also cameras now. So like. Are there really? Yeah. Like all over. Uh, Especially I think post. um, I mean, trigger warning. The whole. The James Holmes Batman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, Mm. nobody stopped me from bringing my burritos in. So. We've done that together. Those burritos are favorite huge. thing. Yeah. yeah, I love sometimes when I, in the before times when Adam would be away and I'd have a solo day, I would go get something uh, to eat like in the Park Street area and then go to that AMC and just watch a movie. Sometimes I'd even walk into an- another theater and just keep going. <laughs> All day. That's I... like actually one of the things I've missed most over COVID. I love going to the movies. Me too. I mean, obviously we have a movie podcast. Clearly we both love movies, but I love going to the movie theaters. I love crappy movie theater popcorn. There's nothing in the world like it. I love getting that and red vines like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my heart. I am gross. Oh, I really like Milk Duds. It's my favorite movie. Uh, candy. I know. It's, not, it's, it's not an attractive quality. Oh my god, my mom loves yeah. Whoppers, which is like I feel. I like, like Whoppers a lot too. I could eat I like, like one crunch. Whopper a decade, and that's it. <laughs> well, they were all probably manufactured in like 1930. Right, so, so they've just been surviving. They'll uh, outlive us all. The last movie that Adam and I went to see together in the theaters before COVID was The Lighthouse, and I really want to, like, cleanse my palate and go see something else. I really want to... I haven't seen The Lighthouse, and I want to watch it because I love Willem Dafoe. I like... It's... I mean, it's, like, a very harrowing emotional experience, but Mm. it's really good. Willem Dafoe at his, like weirdest i think i love that he's just like so he has such an expressive face like i just yeah he's like those can eyebrows can tell a tale <laughs> i do yeah but uh i caesar and i went to the movie theaters like when we first not when we first moved here but when they first opened the theater right next to our house and we were the only literally the only people in the place and we had to like there was nothing like there were no concessions we were alone in the theater we had to remind them to turn the lights off because they forgot about us (laughs) like it was the strangest experience and i kind of like weird yeah i didn't love it i pretty much hated it but i like being alone in the theater but i was like this feels weird like it is nice to have like a sense of other human presences nearby like i love being alone but i think the reason I like living in the city is because I can be alone with the assurance of like light pollution and other bodies like, right, outside yeah. around me. So I don't feel like so alienated. But yeah, that's also like movie theaters can be kind of creepy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I saw a TikTok of a guy that fell asleep in a movie theater and woke up at like 4 a.m. and was just like trapped alone in there, which is so scary. Uh, But we should get into this. Okay, let's get into it. I'm so ready for you to read the plot. I'm excited. So the opening credits are so 90s. It's like fire and like pools of blood and like demonic faces over, I guess I would call it like 90s action movie music. It's so. The camera pans up to a house that is decorated for Halloween, which I have to say there was some cognitive dissonance because they were using like christmas deer as well i was like is this just a house that the person just decorates it for every holiday all year round because i'm kind of down for that i know but indeed it is halloween 
Uh, and we pan up to an upstairs window where mom and dad Tobias, played by Connie Ray and the aforementioned Fred Willard, are settling into bed. Uh, they turn the lights off and a message appears on the ceiling that reads, I'm under the bed. Dad checks, but nothing is there. And they say it's probably just their son, Anton, playing a prank. Mom hears a noise outside and dad goes to check on it. I wish I didn't have to call them mom and dad, but they don't have names. <laughs> you call them Fred, Fred and Connie. Fred and Connie. Uh, mom is scared. She hears a clattering and goes to check on dad, who, I'm sorry, he does have a name. She's like, Gary! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gary. Downstairs. The dog and cat have a name. I love the name Bones for a cat. So for cute. a white cat, so good. Yeah. Downstairs, she slips in blood and calls to Anton. Uh, back in the bedroom, she t- tries to call nine one one, but is dragged under the bed and killed before she can plug in the second one. The way that sh- the bed is like it's like coming up like, off the whoa. ground and splatting down, and like the blood. I'm telling out. you, it looks like we have to do the frighteners because it's kind of like that. It's mm. uh, like just super campy and fun anton wakes up the next day and heads downstairs finding the house empty he gets high while a news report plays of several local murders but he changes it to cartoons he realizes he's out of weed so he goes to see his friends mick played by seth green and pnub played by oh shit i wrote this down let me find eldon henson yeah who i like who's in literally everything yeah, he's he, in uh, Mighty Ducks. I remember him. She's from, all that. She's all that exactly. Um, where he was like the kind of like femme presenting friend that then right. is like, oh, actually, like I'm straight and I'm dating like this other girl. Like he dates a sister or something, right? No, I think they're just friends. I thought I remember them kissing. Oh, maybe they do kiss at the. Ew, that's lame. I don't like that. I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, I thought this was a queer character, but then they like box him like, into this like really weird know. relationship with Anna Paquin, which heh. and she's a lot younger than them. Like in the movie, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's like uh, five years. Freddie Prince Jr.'s like little sister. Weird. Uh, He's we also totally... in. Do she's all that? <laughs> I was thinking like on the bonus on the bonus feed just for fun. We should yeah. maybe this this next month we should do like a a non horror bonus episode because I've been itching right. to do it. Uh, okay, uh, I think we could also do Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Just saying, I've never seen it, so I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't. Like I know that the chairs and the couches and like dressers talk. That's all I know about. Oh, Pee-wee's. do yours not actually? No, just Uh, my bed. (laughs) So uh, they tell him about the murder on the loose when he mentions that he hasn't seen his mom and dad recently. And then they hear a motorbike outside and they say it's Anton's woman, quote unquote, uh, Molly, who he's had a crush on forever. They tell him to ask her to the dance later and he goes to talk to her, but uh, chickens out. And he hands her a journal that she dropped, which he reads without consent. Uh, and then he becomes, like, insane and runs away from the door. <laughs> so. It's like the, throws the book at her and runs away. He does some admirable. Oh, Adam just texted me. I'm eating a po' boy. It looks really good. Cute. 
He's in an airport somewhere. <laughs> the physical comedy is just like unsettling. It's very slapstick. Movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like menacing slapstick. So the Chiron then reads Beaver, Utah, and we see a nun, Debbie LeCure, entering a jail cell looking for something specific. Played by Vivica A. A. Fox. Vivica A. Fox. I'm surprised they got her. Post-Independence Day. Like, what are you doing? What is she doing in this movie? (laughs) She did so well. She knew exactly what kind of movie she was in. Although I will say this is pretty action stud, star studded and Seth Green was kind of my like Seth Green and Buffy is like kind of my sexual awakening. I like really loved him and Buffy. What? I think Seth and Green is And you gave hot. me shit for Devin Sawa? Come on. Seth he's Green? He's so cute. I mean I he's not that cute I guess. You like gingers. That's your But I, I liked in Buffy that he was like a cool like alternative kid and like Willow was kind of like mousy and you know not like straight ahead what you would think of as like conventionally hot so I love that he like really got into her and like didn't even care that she was BFFs with like super hot bombshell Buffy I was like oh my god he loves an alternative girl (laughs) that's me yeah so Debbie LeCure is entering a jail cell. She's looking for something and sees a traumatized, sweaty man with a shriveled hand and says, it's gone. She missed it again. Outside, she removes her nun suit and gets back into an RV where she's tracking a series of murders that leads her to Bolin, the town where... Penub, Mick, and Anton live. Uh, and then she conveniently realizes Bolin is the last point on a pentagram and drives away. The way she's like pulling <laughs> markers off and like tracing I the star think- is so intense. So we later find out she comes from a long line of druid priestesses like sworn to <laughs> um, ward off this evil. So you've now seen four different locations where there have been murders. And allegedly you've been dealing with this like this is your ancestral duty that you've been doing your whole life. So she didn't sniff out the pentagram before this. Like just checking. Um, this was, I mean, maybe it's her first time out on her own. I don't know. <laughs> in the field. <laughs> Yes, uh, but she's great. She's like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park, like on steroids. It's awesome. She's got, yeah, she's wearing cargo shorts. Uh, she's got like really dyed red hair. Um, it's wild. She fucks a 21-year-old without question, like doesn't care. I wouldn't have fucked Randy, but no, I, I, I enjoy I, her flexing her sexual autonomy. Yeah. Anton is returning from the grocery store and notices an ominous fog over the neighborhood. He is stopped by local cops that he went to high school with and calls them dorks, which they fucking are. They are. And then they illegally search him, steal from him, and then write him an illegal ticket, a cab. Uh, yeah, and they like they're planting evidence, you know. Back at home, Anton hears strange noises and is suspicious. In the kitchen, he makes a bologna sandwich while looking at boobs on the TV, uh, not noticing that the knife is extremely bloody. Uh, Finally, he sees the blood and then notices that Bones the cat is playing with an eyeball. He searches the house with Duke the dog, gets startled by someone at the door, and then runs to his parents' room. 
In his parents' room, he sees the message on the ceiling, runs downstairs, slips in blood, and then bangs into some pumpkin head window decorations. I think it's like American Gothic with jack-o'-lantern heads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then they turn out to be his parents' corpses. Uh, He runs outside to vomit where he sees Penub and Mike. Mike, excuse me, Mick. Mick. Yeah. Inside, they realize Dad Tobias is holding a piece of fabric cut from Anton's shirt, and they find Ant written on the floor in blood. Uh, and this is like comedic perfection by Seth Green. Like, the killer was wearing your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as then, well as yeah, two- the killer is wearing me. Yeah, it's good. Uh, there are two left ears from the murdered Feldstein twins who work at the burger jungle in town (laughs) (laughs) Anton realizes he's the killer and Mick goes to call 911 but Anton stops him and shoves a broken bottle into his head savagely murdering him Uh, Penub tries to leave but Anton's hand stops him Anton says he doesn't want to hurt Penub, but he has no control over his hand. Uh, Penub is trying to get away, but Anton's hand decapitates him with a saw blade. So he has four dead bodies on his hand, and he just heads to watch some TV. <laughs> He's got to calm down. It's like He's got to chill out. Like, the idea of it is kind of scary. Like, your best friend it's be like, like, I don't want to hurt you as they, like, yeah. murder you. Like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to... Kill you. But you like are never allowed to be like, whoa, that was brutal. Because <laughs> as soon as something horrible happens, you're back up. You're this right. is quite a ride. <laughs> so he's watching TV, but his hand keeps switching the channel. Uh, Bones approaches, and the hand throws Bones the cat out the window. Uh, he goes to check on Bones, and his hand leads him to Molly's house and rings the doorbell. Molly is hypersexual. In her, like, sexy pajamas. And she's like, sure, come inside. Nothing seems wrong with you at all. Let's fuck. You seem totally (laughs) fine, yeah. Anton is, like, not well. His hand is out of control. He's covered in blood. He's covered in blood. And he's unwashed. Uh, (laughs) Molly thanks him for returning the book. And Anton says her song lyrics are great. And they have a cute moment. But then his hand snaps into action. Uh, Molly mistakes his hand's obvious murderous rage for sexual advances, and they smooch. Uh, While they're getting frisky, his hand tries to strangle Molly, so he ties it up. And she says, you're kinky. And I was like, no. Um, He's unstable. (laughs) He also, like, grabs her before they, like, move to the bed and start making out. He, like, grabs her ass so intensely that she, like, can't get out of it. Like, I'm like, this is a sign. I don't know. There are some red flags for sure. (laughs) So, meanwhile, Debbie LeCure is on her way, um, driving, like, I got an evil to solve. Get out of my way. In, like, a 50s, it looks like a 50s RV. Like, it's, like, very... It made me think maybe I should leave my whole life behind and move into an RV, but, I think about that every time I open TikTok. I'm like, I could do Well, this. then there are some TikTok accounts that are like, here's the real side. I have to, like, compost my own shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it breaks down all the time and stuff. And I, I can't handle any inconveniences like that. I can't even <laughs> handle, like, when my jacket gets stuck on, like, a doorknob or something. <laughs> no! <laughs> So, uh, 
Anton has had sex with Molly, I think, and is burying his parents, Mick and Penub, back at home. He gives them a little funeral, but then hears some groaning and Mick's muffled voice telling Anton to get him out. Zombie Penub and Mick rise from the grave and knock Anton out. He wakes up the next morning uh, to find the two zombies hanging out on the couch. Uh, Anton says he thinks his hand is possessed and they tell him to go see next door neighbor Randy, who has a black truck and loves metal music to find out about the devil. He listens to Motley Crue, so they're like, he must be a devil worshiper. Some satanic panic shit. Because, yeah, he's listened to too much Vince Neil, so like, you know. Sorry, Adam says, wow, I totally lost track of time and would have missed my flight. Now I'm trying to chug a huge beer in like three minutes. Like, leave the beer. Go get your flight. I know. how He can't. You can never leave a beer, you know? I, it's also kind of scary that he, so he murders his best friends. He doesn't know that his hand is possessed. He could be having a schizophrenic episode. I don't know. He murders his two best friends and knows that he murdered his parents and then goes to have sex with a girl. I don't, I don't. Yeah, like that's scary. If you're Molly and you find out about that later, it's like, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. No, yeah. Uh, so he goes to see Randy at the Burger Jungle, where there is a vigil happening for the formerly mentioned murdered Feldstein twins. Um, Randy is dismissive, so Anton sneaks into the drive-through to intercept him and demands that Randy tell him everything he knows about the devil. Tom DeLong and Kyle Gass are both employees at the Burger Jungle. I know. It's, like, it's a poppin' Burger Jungle. It's a very... There are a lot of employees working at the Burger Jungle. Honestly, I would love to have a Burger Jungle in my local town. He was talking about, like, spicy fries and a raspberry shake. I was like, raspberry that sounds delicious. Sh- I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. So uh, Anton tells Randy his hand has a mind of its own, and Randy says, keep his hands busy because idle hands are the devil's playthings. So back at home, Anton takes up knitting, uh, and then the cops come by for a noise complaint, but see Anton sitting on the couch knitting with zombies and realize he's the killer. Uh, Anton realizes that if he goes to jail, he won't hurt anyone else, so he tries to get them to arrest him while knitting but they demand he put the knitting needles down uh they say no and he says no and they delay so they get needled to death which feels like their fault one of them gets needled to death the other one gets what a happens taser to the, to the face oh gotcha i guess i zoned out uh, <laughs> anton is desperate and decides to bagel guillotine his hand off but it doesn't work if you were born after the year like 1995 you have never seen one of these but they were the biggest gimmick in the 90s they, <laughs> those things don't even cut my bagel they yeah my they bagel. have never cut a bagel and they cut them like at this angle, right? You're like, what? I didn't want my bagel you have that a little, way. A little skinny end and a really tiny, fat end. tiny. Exactly. Oh, update. They didn't even start boarding, and Adam chugged a beer and ran across an airport and then threw <laughs> up. I don't know. <laughs> Poor thing. He's probably going to puke. You know, whatever. So uh, he then just turns to a meat cleaver. Uh, sorry, Adam's text about this 
uh, oh, wait, update you, are making me laugh. Wait. Okay, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn my phone over. Uh, he finally manages. Oh, sorry. He tries to cleave his hand off, but the hand is like no. Uh, so he manages to cleave his hand off by having Penub hold it with his teeth while he hacks at it. I did not think the movie was going to go there, but it went there. He has now cut his own hand off. Well, yeah, because Penub <laughs> is decapitated, so he, like, is, like... Oh. There are... Okay, so my theory is that this movie is, like, about radical bodily self-acceptance and is reverse ableist because they really nobody, nobody cares, you know? He cuts off his I, dominant hand, and everyone's like... And then... Whatever. Put a plastic you, bag I don't on mind. it. Yeah. Yeah. Penob and Mick are dead. Um, and could and give a shit. And everyone is like, whatever. Yeah, they don't care. He's like, I was a little mad, but I've had time to get over it. You know, get like, it's just it, yeah. they don't care. Which is great. Uh, and, like, at the end of the movie, Molly stays with Anton, even though he has lost a hand. She, it's, like, a non-issue. Uh, and he you know. is probably not going to have like full. He broke all the bones in his body, so he's he may not never have, walk like, again. Full function yeah. of all of you know the way that he did before. And I feel like Penub and Mick, they at the end, especially Penub, like finally feels the confidence to like go after a girl. Like even though he's dead and decapitated, he's like yeah, oh, and I'm a bang this chick. Yeah, go Penub. Um, <laughs> go Penub. Go Penub. So, a uh, hand has been cleaved off. Penub and Mick head out to get a first aid kit at uh, Penub's house. The hand writes, bad move, Anton, in the blood on the floor. And then Molly arrives to go to the dance as Anton is fighting with the hand. He manages to microwave it, and he and Molly head out. Uh, Penub and Mick come back, but they've brought microwave burritos. So, when they open the microwave to heat them, the hand is released. Maybe Over we should at the clean town. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not our most. Over at the town bowling alley, Debbie arrives looking for the hand. Unclear why she started at the bowling alley, but it proves to be a great move because she and Randy connect. Uh, Randy asks what brings her to town, and she tells him the entire story pretty quickly. Um, honest, very honest relationship. <laughs> yep. She comes from a long line of druidic priestesses that are sworn to fight an evil that possesses the laziest fuck up it can find and then kills as many people as possible finally dragging a free soul to the netherworld she says she needs to find the person whose hand is possessed and randy conveniently knows that it is anton so they head over to anton's house at home anton realizes the hand is after molly and they decide to go to the dance to protect her and they steal randy's ford don't steal my ford <laughs> and inadvertently back over Debbie as she's trying to find Anton to depossess him. At the dance, Curtis and Tiffany, some local teenagers, are canoodling in the car when the hand sneaks in and murders them both. Uh, the gang finds them and realizes the hand is there, so Penub and Mick head in to protect Molly while Anton looks for the hand. I think the only reason this scene exists is so that they could show boobs, because like maybe Jessica Alba didn't con- like. Yeah, she was probably waiver, not so. going to do that. Yeah. So, like, uh, they were nice boobs. I mean, I was like, good for you. While well, she's wearing kiss, <coughs> kiss makeup, both of them. Sorry. 
my allergies. <laughs> my stomach is like gurgling in the background. So, do you have to poop? No, I think I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today. I'm hungry too. I'm gonna make fancy egg salad. Ooh. Yeah, I got a cookbook from Molly Baz, and she. I dropped my phone. She has a recipe for fancy egg salad. And since Adam's not home, I'm going to do it up and just eat egg salad till I am in a coma and watch Love Island UK. (laughs) Perfect Sunday. Sounds great, doesn't it? I might take a shower too. (laughs) So the principal's chatting in his office with the phone sex operator while the hand sneaks into the office and murders him. Debbie and Randy head to the dance and find Anton, where Debbie attempts to murder him with a ceremonial dagger, but Anton says he cut the hand off. (laughs) Debbie says if the hand is after Molly, it's going to drag her to hell at midnight, and Devin Sawa says, well, it's only 9 p.m., and then Debbie pops open this watch. It's only six minutes to Drew at midnight, which was (laughs) so funny. (laughs) They're like, no school dance is going to be occurring at midnight. So at midnight. We got to up Drew the stakes. I loved it. Uh, inside the dance, the hand locks everybody in and is on a murderous rampage, beginning with scalping the front man from the offspring, which was pretty funny. Uh, Molly and her friend Tanya escape through an air vent, followed by Mick and Penub. Uh, Molly drops through a fan opening that she's like stopped the fan up uh, but Tanya is afraid and then she is savagely murdered by the hand when she delays and then Mick and Penub arrive and this was another funny line I'm not going through all this Tanya <laughs> <laughs> and Tanya is the one that Penub was was making out with Yeah, R.I.P. Tanya. Uh, The hand has possessed a doll from the art room, which this is where things just like take even more of a turn. (laughs) Because the face of the puppet keeps changing. So funny. And is uh, preparing to drag Molly to hell in the auto shop by tying her to the top of a car and then putting the conveyor belt up and up and up until she's almost smushed between like the ceiling of the car. Uh, They find a giant bong made by the auto shop guys and they uh, get the hand stoned to disorient it. They manage to stop Molly from getting squished and then the hand starts coming at Anton just as Debbie arrives and stabs it with a ritual dagger. She throws the dagger and it pins the hand to uh, Mick's chest and just goes like poof. Just puff of smoke, yeah. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Oh, there you are. There you are. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Almost a disaster. (sighs) Uh, Molly and Anton smooch under the car. First mistake. um, And then Penub accidentally hits the lever and it crushes Anton. Uh, The pearly gates open and Penub and Mick head to heaven asking Anton if he's joining them. But we cut to a hospital where Anton has survived and is in a full body cast with Molly tending to him. Penub and Mick appear as his guardian angels and then play a prank on him that says, I'm under the bed on the ceiling. And then they walk away to go walk through some nurses. And... That's it. A masterpiece of American cinema. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. There is an alternate ending, which kind of makes more sense. But Oh, I read about it. Tell me about it. So the alternate ending, they uh, 
Molly goes, is like, the hand, like, locks all the doors, so she has to go into the school, like, pool. And that's where the gates of hell are. And so she's hiding on the diving board, and then the hand comes crawling towards her, and she's hanging on the diving board by her fingertips. Um, And it slices at her... First it slices at her Achilles tendon, and then it slices at her fingertips to try to, like, poke some with its sharpened fingernails. Oh my god, Um, I forgot to say that, yeah. And then... Uh, Debbie and Randy come in, but the walls, like, grab them. Like, hands come out of the walls and pin them down. The same happens with Anton. And then they... And then he's able to get free. And then kills the hand with the knife. But then the gates of hell are still open. And Debbie says that it needs a soul since it's already open. And then Anton sacrifices himself for her. And because of that, uh, the gates close and then he lands in an empty pool and that's how he breaks all of the bones in oh, his body. Oh, yes, yes, I did. Uh, I did see that. That's and it's a funny. lot more like cinematic, like the gates of hell. You could see them and all the hands coming out of the walls and stuff. But did they actually shoot that? They shot it, yeah. Where is it? I want to see it. It's on the YouTubes. It's- the YouTubes? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this... Movie is a gigantic flop, making only $4 million from its estimated $25 million budget, which is hilarious. It's like a stain in American cinema. (laughs) But you know the reason why uh, it made so... One of the reasons why it made so little was because it it came out around the time of Colin Bynan and was pulled from the theaters. Uh, Like theaters in Colorado refused to screen it because it parts of it took place in a high school like there's no direct correlation but everyone there is absolutely no direct correlation it was you know of the time we weren't as uh desensitized to mass shootings as we are now um so everyone was really reeling from the event so they pulled it from theaters uh i think it only was only in theaters for like a few weeks like few i thought it was like only a week even right so that's part of the reason why flop so bad but there's a huge cult following because it's kind of like especially around like 1999 when it came out there was like just like tons and tons of like like teenage horror movies coming out and this one was like very like meta but also like goofy and silly in a way that a lot of those other ones weren't and like knew exactly yeah, what it was totally it was like a stupid fucking movie about stoner kids and Like a possessed hand. Like, just ridiculous shit. So the hand, of course, is the same hand from the Addams Family that plays Thing, run by... I think it actually belongs to this magician, Christopher Hart. It's, like, his hand that he operates (laughs) specifically, which is so weird. Isn't it (laughs) just, like, his... It's his... He's... It's his hand. Like, his physical... I think it's a puppet. No. It, it's his hand. He's a hand actor. Yeah, I think he's like a hand actor. Oh my you god! Got, there's no way an animatronic hand could perform Would like look that like in that. 1999. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at his fingers, that checks his out. His fingers. Yeah. He's just like wearing a green screen suit and like his. Hand Imagine moves that along being the- like the, your job. Like, oh, I'm just You're my claim the ha- same. My hand just acts. Yeah. Uh, one, I think it was, like, Screen Rant or something was, like, he's the Marlon Brando of, uh, hand actors. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like I was saying before, uh, obviously this movie is, like, ridiculous and has problems, but I do, like, 
feel like there's a level to which like nat not natural but like traditional aesthetics of like attractiveness just are not applicable in this world which i think is like really hilarious and kind of like fun to watch on screen because no one is grossed out by anything anyone does like Penelope and Vic are disgusting <laughs> like they are doing gross things and they just like have this sort of like level of mutual acceptance and love that i think is like really fun to see in male friendships on screen they're very um like a stoner zombie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, right? They're like adorable. The, yeah. yeah, they're like the two twin sidekicks of the, you know, that like know what's going on and are making funny comments and like have a fun relationship. They're like, you know, yeah, and, and ultimately then, get killed by their best friend, just like Hamlet. So you know, oh my God, is this Shakespeare? It might that be was Shakespeare. a big thing in the late nineties too. Remember, they were doing <laughs> that everywhere. Oh my God, this is my thesis statement. Um, Idle Hands is a stoner murderer version of Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet, yeah. Wait, but, the fa- the parents are dead in Hamlet, right? Uh, the dad, the dad. dad dying, yeah, is like the crux of how it starts, right? So this is Hamlet. Wow, we've wow. made the connection. <laughs> Alas, and I yeah, knew him. Molly is. <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot her name. The I want to say Ophelia. Oh yeah. But she doesn't die. Remember when they made O with fucking Mackay Pfeiffer? Like, what? Who asked for and this? And Julia Stiles. And Julia Stiles, who I also don't think did I ever saw these. it. It's so boring and sad. Uh, and then the classic one was 10 Things I Hate About You, which, right. like, Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. The worst. I mean, the worst one. Probably shouldn't exist. Actually, probably 10 Things I Hate About You shouldn't exist. But I love I, it. I can't quit it either. I love it. I love it too much. Yeah, and I love that, like, Penub meets a lady and, like, they hit it off, uh, even though he's dead. But um, And probably but reeks of, like... They must smell so bad. But also, it's not, like, the driving force. Like, sexuality and getting laid is, like, never the driving force of the characters in the movie. Like... There is, like, a weird, obviously, like, the way that Jessica Alba's character is written is really, like, weird and objectification-based. She's, like, if a wet dream was a person. She's just, like, hot and fun and, and like, accepting and, like, plays the bass. Like, she's very, like, yeah, a stoner Yeah, she's a cool dudes. girl right. on screen. But I don't know. I like seeing, like... The stoner dudes like fucking around. I like yeah. zombies that don't eat people that still eat burritos and cheese puffs. Uh, <laughs> and I do. I like literally was like, oh, I think it's like cool that they're showing like all kind of like weird representations of how a body can look and it's fine and no one is like horrified by it. Right. I mean, yeah, like Anton and Devin Sawa is like a, a not super traditional leading. Like he is blonde and has blue eyes, but he's not like the, you know, he's still like kind of goofy. And then Seth Green and Eldon Henson are like, yeah, non-traditionally attractive men. And they get to, yeah, they get just as much screen time and have just as much fun as anybody else anton and you can see cuts like his everyone own hand off keeps trucking doesn't keeps give trucking. a shit yeah yeah they're just there's a level to which like bodily trauma doesn't have to be traumatic in this movie which i think is 
like kind of fun to watch and even like, death like they don't like yeah. no one is that concerned about Mick dying and or... still get to hang out together they yeah. have their like whole new world of like slapstick adventures opened up to them by being angels um and like anton experiences like a horrible medical trauma but it doesn't like define his character or his motivations uh obviously the female characters in this movie are a problem yeah as usual (laughs) i mean yeah vivica a fox's debbie liqueur is uh well performed but she does live in this like She's just Pam she's the same Greer, as like Reese, yeah, Foxy exactly. Brown, Reese from Urban Legend. It's like yeah, the magical black woman who's coming to save all the white people. That's her role. That's exact. That she comes from a long line of magical black women who that are have just like probably been saving, saving white people, people forever. From themselves, yeah, exactly. Um, but she does do it very well, and it's fun. And she like get she seems like she's having a good time doing it. She's yeah, fucking some she, random like, metal twenty one year old for fun. And she is like in control completely of her relationship with Randy. Mm-hmm. He he is like he goes from being coded as like this really big hard ass like metal listening dickhead to being like softened by his like vision of debbie like he sees her as this like self-sufficient autonomous like sexy woman and he accepts her and i think it's like a nice note on like accepting your partner like and having like a healthy dynamic with a partner in a weird way in a weird way yeah yeah because he's like oh okay like we're doing this you're doing this this is your thing (laughs) (laughs) because yeah he like sees her thinks she's hot and goes up to her and she's like okay but as long as you keep up, like, whatever. And then she's honest with him immediately. And then as soon as her task is done, she's like, hey, I want to fuck. Let's go. You know? So that's it. I d- there I think- are fuzzy lines, uh, which you hate to see on consent in this movie. Uh, we have to point out that when Debbie is hit by a truck, um, like Randy takes it as an opportunity to give her CPR and oh, like I forgot a about that sexy way, which is like so unsexy and so gross. Um, but she is able to like push back on that by saying like, "Oh, you have like barf breath or whatever." Like she, it's not like she's coded as a victim, but it does still feel like the filmmakers thought it was like acceptable to have like a hazy concept of consent. Yeah. And, and with mean, Molly, too, because the, there's, like, a hand, a hand de- demon. Like, because there's a hand demon. Like, Anton isn't being, like, honest or truthful, and he's putting her safety at risk. Yeah, you know? he doesn't give her all the information um, that would maybe keep her and her best friend, Tanya, I would say, listen, safer. I think you're really cute. Like, you know, it's cool. Like, we obviously have crush on each other, but can you possibly deal with a possessed hand thing. I have a hand thing. Before we have sex, yeah. <laughs> um, she's also, like, as much as no one gets a, lo- a lot of deep characterization in this movie, like, we don't know anything about anyone except for that they're stoners, um, and one of them has a possessed hand. Um, Which is another, like, very late 90s thing, like, where being a stoner is enough of a thing to give you, like, a developed right. character arc. That's you know? it. Yeah, the stereotypes will carry you all the way through. Um, but she, like, 
Yeah, she's like the unwilling, unwitting victim and everything. And her boyfriend slash new lover doesn't give her the all the information that's keeping her in the dark on purpose yeah. to save her and to protect her. But he's yeah, not doing just, a very good job. You don't, you're not trusting right. her with information where she can make like a decision to protect herself or remove herself from a tenuous situation. Even though and she seems Tanya a lot smarter than And Tanya dies because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Tanya. Okay, weirdest thing about this movie is that the person that plays Randy, Jack Noseworthy. Is this the weirdest thing? I don't know about that. I don't but. know. I think it, I was like actually shocked when I read it. Yeah. So the person that plays Randy, Jack Noseworthy, and the person that plays Tanya, Katie Wright, got cast in this movie not having ever fucking known each other and then realized they're half siblings because of this movie. And at one <laughs> what, point, Randy's character hits on Tanya like... Randy and Tanya, like, they have, like, a weird... So gross. That's gross. Fully gross. But so, yeah, like, how weird would that be to realize Oh, look at this. Jack Noseworthy has a BFA from the Boston Conservatory. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh my gosh, so the local Yoko cops, one of them is played by Sean Whalen of the People Under the Stairs fame. Hello, Sean. Yeah, he's our... He's... His second friend appearance. of the show, friend of the show, friend of the cast. Maybe he <laughs> would be. Let's be friends. There was someone else I thought who like had already showed up in our show. Maybe not. Uh, uh, I can't believe probably. Tom DeLonge. Oh my god. I mean, um, there is a lot of Devon Sawa chat on this cast. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with a little chat. I think he was cuter as like a gangly teenager. He looks weird as a grown up. Oh. They did a 20-year anniversary in 2019, and Devin Sawa, Seth Green, Eldon Henson, um, and the director, fucking what's it, Ron Feldman. Feldman or something. Felder. I saw Ron, there Ron was like, Felder. There was like a <laughs> special edition Blu-ray released. I was like, are the people clamoring for this? I think there. I think there. Myself included. A lot of people who like really loved this movie, despite its like. Basically just direct to DVD release, yeah. So, I don't know. But this is, like, also, like, peak high school Seth Green, because he was also in Can't Hardly Wait, like, around this time, and looked exactly the same. He did. I thought, and the black hair dye is so bad. I wish he would just be ginger. Yeah, I like. He was so unbearable and Can't Hardly Wait, although everyone (sighs) in that movie was kind of a drag. Uh, I do love that movie. Uh, and my sister has a weird thing for Ethan Embry. You told me Ethan this. Embry, yeah. Um, maybe just in that movie, I don't know. But he's also in no, Sweet Home Ethan Alabama Embry. A- and Empire Records. So cute. Right, and Empire yeah. Records loves uh, Guar. <laughs> weird. Ninety. The nineties were weird. What was going they on? They were. They were fun. They were good <laughs> yeah. times. They were weird. Yeah, and I think this movie is pretty anti-cop, which is kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Like, the cops are coded as fucking idiots, like, obtuse. And you know what? In your hometown, every dumbass you went to high school with, every, like, fucking racist dickhead who had, like, an American Needed flag a power his trip. pickup truck. Yeah. yeah, they all became the local cops, and they were fucking dicks. But thankfully... Where I grew up is not, like, a black area that's over-policed, so at least they're just, like, they're Stupid. doing not good, but they're not doing, like, 
net bad because they don't have anybody to oppress because I grew up in an only white area. So as long as you fuckheads stay there and don't like come to over police black neighborhoods, then I guess fine, you know? I mean, but most police officers don't police their neighborhoods. That's part of the problem, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a. I guess policing like, in general thing- is the problem, but um, that's, yeah, like they're probably going to other communities and harassing them. Yeah, but, uh, um, but, yeah, the cops are stupid and dorky and lame, and then they get murdered in fun ways. And when they do actually have a chance to do some good, good and like murder or arrest the murderer, they fuck it up. And they don't listen, uh, which of course cops never do. They like because like resort to state sanctioned violence before like actually assessing a situation holistically. So I'm glad that cop got needled to death and that other cop got tasered to death. Well, Fuck and you. they're so trigger happy. Like Penub yeah. talks and he gets shot in the head and he's like, well, I was going to say you should do what they say, but now right, I say like, fucking kill them. Like he I just am shot innocently me. sitting upon the couch, not bothering anyone. And you're shooting me in the fucking head because I, <laughs> present differently than a normal human man right think about it think about think it. about it so uh, what is the origin of penub oh making penub is it's like so stupid so it was this snl sketch um from like either the late 70s or 80s um where like one of it's like somebody singing a song wrong and one of the lines is like wanna love or something and it sounds like Mick and Penub and that's where it can- comes from. <laughs> oh, it's probably like making love. Mick yeah. And Penub. <laughs> wanna, yeah, so, because they're like saying it in a funny voice. I and thought, I love that Anton's name is Anton. I was Anton like, what a LeVay. name. Yeah. yeah. But Mo- like Molly, I don't know, where's Molly? I don't know. I do love that name. It's like one of my favorite female names. It's a cute but. name, yeah. You can name your cat Molly. Could name my cat. I got a name for a cat as long as they fit that. Don't say it. I don't want anyone to steal it. I won't say it out loud. Um, but I was gonna say something. I don't love the characterization of Tanya. I think she gets the worst treatment in this movie because she's like feels guilty for being mean to the twins who were murdered. Um, and then is like she does have like oh, some yeah. redemption with her relationship with Penelope. The white but... white woman's tears, totally. Right, yeah. and then she gets like brutally murdered. Like the, I think she's it's so the worst scared. One. Yeah, and for not really any reason. Right. Yeah, she's just like to make that. I'm not going through all this Tanya joke, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she needed to get murdered just so we could all have a chuckle. Yeah, I really, like, hate the white women's tears and, like, the feeling guilty that you were. You did something so bad after the damage has already been done and you've already, like, perpetrated violence against someone. Uh, It's, like, so classic, you know. Like, I'm crying because I feel bad because I did something that, you know, created a hostile environment for another person. But I'm not crying because... I feel, like, genuine empathy for the situation that I created. It's more because I just, like, am experiencing too much. <laughs> right, know? yeah. I now hate white dead. women. I uh, did, like, a white women's tears thing the other day. I was so, like... Adam just texted me I'm going to hit the vape in the bathroom. But I was walking, I was walking Frankie, 
And she is like a really happy puppy. So she jumped like not at someone, but she just like jumped because she was excited to see this uh, person that was walking home. It was a black uh, female presenting person. And she said, can you get your dog away from me? And I was like, you don't have to be rude. I fucking care and out. It was awful. And then she was like, I'm not being rude. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're not really being rude at all. And then I felt so bad for perpetrating racism that I cried. And then I was like, wait, now you're a white woman's tearsing. Uh, I mean, just, just to like, yourself. You're not like Yeah, no, I wasn't her. like, I'm yeah. so sorry. I just like went to the dog park, which is where we were on the way to and sat in the corner. It was like, I hate myself. But it's just like crazy how even when you are actively working to be a co-conspirator and like think really deeply and completely about anti-racism, just how much your conditioning can like come out of nowhere and make an experience like a real world experience with a black person that was just being direct with me and asking me to like she was like I'm allergic to dogs can you get your dog away from me and like my first instinct as a like white person is to react and like defend myself when someone is just like being clear that they need something from you and like you're in a public space that belongs to them as much as it belongs to you uh and I was like I don't know I was really angry with myself at first but then I thought like, you know, I walked away fast enough. The person kept walking. Uh, Frankie didn't do anything. And it was just sort of like, I think you just like need to take one of those moments as like a learning experience and say like, OK, maybe like don't perpetrate subtle racial violence against someone the next time. But damn, dude, the coding is deep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we all have to work on uh, deprogramming ourselves, right? Yeah, for sure. I just hate everyone. I, I, I like have a hard time being nice to strangers because, um, like on a macro level, I care about everyone, and I, you know, like that's how I like really care about community care, but I don't care about the. I don't want to talk to the individual community members. Uh, And I thought to myself, like, fuck, you should have just had your headphones in because when I have my headphones in and I'm walking Frankie and she jumps at someone, I just like yank her and we keep going, but. Unless someone is like really into like petting Bartleby, I just we just keep we keep on trucking because he will stop and other everybody was she was talking on the phone and I didn't know it. I couldn't like see it because it was in her headphones and she was like something something dog. So I stopped like, oh, are you talking to me? And then she like was like, get your dog away from me. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were on the phone. I'm sorry. And then she was like, it doesn't matter. Get away from me. And then it was just like a miscommunication. And I didn't give a person of color the benefit of the doubt. And then, yeah, it's just like, just shut up and keep your headphones in and don't engage, I think, is the best thing you can do. Right. Well, for me, because I don't want to engage with people. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to engage with people. But I... uh. I also hate it when I'm walking my dog and I clearly don't want to talk to someone else with a dog and they come up. I'm like, I don't. Please get away from me. Like, I don't Unless care about like, your dog. I don't want my dog to see your dog. Like, you don't. we don't need to be friends. Unless the dogs are, like, very insistent on meeting, usually I just am like, come on. Bartleby but doesn't want like he wants to smell them for a second and then he's fucking done. But by that time, the other dog, the other dog is like, oh, we're friends. And then we'll ne- and I'm like, please, I need to leave. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Being a dog owner definitely has 
um, exposed me to more people than I want to be exposed to. Blech. I don't. I don't. But know that's Adam takes her to the dog park when he's home, and he has like, he's like, I saw Sadie's mom, and I saw Midnight's mom, and I saw like this person's mom, this dog's mom, and I'm like, great, I don't want to go. You take her. So to the point when like I take her without him, everyone's like, kind of like looks that. at me. You know, <laughs> that's how it is when I when yeah when I take Barbie on long walks. He's like, Caesar comes home. He's like, oh, we saw Moose today because we live in an apartment complex. So he yeah. like. But if I see a dog coming, we go the opposite direction. I'm not unless I'm like really forced to do it. I'm not the one. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's life. And when I take him to the dog park, he spends all the time eating grass and, like, doesn't give a shit about anybody else. He doesn't She care. It takes her, like, 20 minutes to get into it playing with other dogs. And that is just – she stands That's behind me. She eats the landscaping. Then, like, finally she'll start being like, okay, okay. And then I'm like, well, we've been here for, like, an hour, so it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this. You know that dog park on Washington Street, Peters Park in the South End? No. It is, it's, like, right behind the Shawmet, like, where the Franklin is, and it's, like, squeezed between Washington and Shawmet. Oh, yeah. But I cannot figure out the doors at this place. The gates, the hinges just look weird, so I always push it the wrong way when I'm going in and out in front of, like, other people that are obviously, like, regulars. So, like, there's, like, cool dog walkers there and, like, people that go there all the time, and I know they can see me fucking opening these doors the wrong direction every time. And the annoying thing is, like, it will swing when I push it the wrong way. It'll swing out about eight inches. So I'm like, oh, I fucking got it right this time. But then it's like, clank. Fuck, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I don't think anyone's paying attention. No, they're so Just judgmental you. in the South End. You know what <laughs> South true. End people are like. South End people are very judgy. Uh, to circle back, anything else you want to say about Idle Hands? Uh, it's a fun, it's so fucking stupid. I don't know how many people have really seen it, um, but it's I'd never free even heard of it. on Pluto, and, uh, I, it deserves a watch. I it's, think, like, very uh, white. It's the whitest movie, except for poor Vivica A. Fox has to do all the work. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. about rich people. They live in an affluent neighborhood. Their only concerns come when one of them gets their hand possessed. Like, besides that, they're living this, like, perfect cushy existence, um, where in a neighborhood filled with only other white people, so um, so there's that. Should know, we read off some trivia? Classist. It is racist. It is classist, and I mean, but I guess it's also fun because it's like Charlie Brown style, and there's like no parents in it. <laughs> so Except for the ones who get like, murdered. Yeah, you know, like it's a really affluent neighborhood, but it isn't like the crux of the movie. So you can sort of like. If you want to exist in a space without class for an hour and a half while you're watching this stupid movie. Uh, But also, you know, that's damaging, too. That's yeah, that's also privilege. But I mean, Seth Green was, you know, I don't know. I was this movie. What? Go. What? Well, I just want to say a trivia that I learned. It's filmed in the same neighborhood as Halloween 1978. Okay, I'll stop. The original. I was going to say Seth Green was really accustomed to the set because this is the high school gym from Buffy as well. And Jawbreaker. And Jawbreaker. You can tell. Like at the end, this this looks like Jawbreaker. Because also the climax of the movie also comes in the school's gym. Um, You know what? Uh, 
you know how like sometimes when you like zone out a little bit there's like certain songs that just kind of creep their way back into your head all the time mm-hmm. for me i always like if i'm just like thinking about something else or doing dishes or something it's always the like are you who are you <laughs> from jawbreaker <laughs> when they're walking down the hallway <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that song Oh, we man, should let's do Jawbreaker. Yeah, I love, I love that Jawbreaker. So good, Violet. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Violet. That is the silliest conceit in any movie ever. That you can dye someone's hair blonde and they just like can't be recognized by their classmates anymore. <laughs> and they get rid of their glasses. You know. Yeah. No one is recognizable. Without like you still have the same legal name. You're still in all the same classes. <laughs> like. You still ha- are like the same height, same weight, like you have the same facial features. I You're don't... still Judy Greer at the end of the day. <laughs> Judy, man, another friend of the cast. Yeah, she's had a great career and we stand Judy Greer, unless she's done something racist. I don't know, like, I haven't. That we don't attention. know about. Yeah. Um, but I love what? Rebecca Gayhart. She's she also kills that role. She didn't get enough roles, I think in my opinion. I thought she was great. Like, ooh, I'm like gonna diverge from my like bitchy friends and get right. an alternative boyfriend that drives like an old car. I was like, but you're it's crazy. Also in theater, I don't know. So confusing. And so very hot. Okay, <laughs> I kind of forgot what we scheduled for next time. Let me look at. It. Oh, we're gonna do this movie, Idle Hands, which we're currently doing. <laughs> too late. Uh, we did it. Too late. It happened. And then Oculus. Uh, oh yeah from, when is oculus from it's, it's pretty like the 2010s yeah and i think it's a director we've done before although Maybe. do you think we should be focusing more on who the fuck directs these stinkers Probably. that we watch? uh rodman flender felder uh didn't, <laughs> he's done a lot of tv directing uh he did do leprechaun too so there's that we could do leprechaun. Yes, I did see that he did Leprechaun too. We should do some leprechauns because I've never seen a one. Me neither, actually. But I was okay. going to say that this movie is a lot like a scene in Evil Dead 2, which you've never seen. Um, yes. But where the I, hand gets possessed, and that's why he cuts it off and puts a chainsaw in place. I did come across that in my extensive research. It's a pretty so, funny Oculus scene. is directed by Mike Flanagan, who is very oh, well known for yeah. doing The Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor on the Netflix, which uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, I mean, just so boring, but I liked it. It was cool to see. Uh, I did like all the characters. There was like a great smattering of like black and brown people, queer people. I thought it was pretty good, but it could get a little slow sometimes. Yeah. Um. But he, I mean, I enjoyed both of them hill house i enjoyed both of them as well i did think hill house was a little bit more fun and then after that we're gonna do an american werewolf in london it will be my inaugural viewing and i'm very excited so what do you want to fuck talk about body horror um what do i want to fuck actually oculus has some body horror elements too that are like is it body horror month wow cringy there's like a nail a fingernail thing which you know i cannot I can I cannot. Uh oh. Um, well, I'm gonna say fuck Devin Sawa in a nice way. Cause oh yeah. You know what? Wow. You know. You I too. Would, I would fuck Devin Sawa in a nice way. I'll admit I it. saw this movie at like a very like peak 
like sexual awakening. It came on very young for me. Just and the it was right like, amount of greasy. He's just the right amount of like string beany, so his clothes are like falling off of him in that like '90s string bean way, you know. Right. He also never it. takes off an article of clothing except for the safari hat. Everything the he puts on he remains just, on. Yeah, it's he just so keeps funny. expound expanding the layers. On it. I love it. So um, good. Well, um, fuck. I would say classism. Fuck classism. Fuck racism. Fuck the magical black uh, stereotype and trope in movies yeah. like this. Don't Fuck do BIPOC it. doing Quit emotional it. and physical labor for the comfort of white people. <sighs> Fuck capitalism. Fuck your mom. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fuck each other in a nice way. Yeah, and fuck not rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. Do, go do those things. Go do it. Uh, we'll fuck see ableism, because this movie is ableism. pretty uh, pro different differences yeah. in ourselves. Our, I don't know. Our theory is that this is a just like absolute uh, masterpiece of radical bodily self-acceptance. Right. And we're rolling with that because And this movie is very anti-cop, so that's cool too. You can't tell us what to do, and we decided that that's what this is. So. And then I'll murder yeah, if you do, I'll murder you with a knitting needle, so Yeah, so. I don't think a knitting needle would go into a neck that smoothly unless you were really, really strong. Which obviously the hand is, but the hand is has the power of Satan behind it. But they're and that's pretty all we dull. ever need. <laughs> they're pretty dull. Hail Satan, everyone. Hail Satan. Bye. Bye. Bye.